You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Hello and welcome to the Delirious Nomads podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bacon. Chris is not here this week, as I think he's in Kentucky handling Chris things. I am here, however, with my good friend, Grammy-winning producer, general music industry luminary, Mark Roselli. How are you today, Mark? I'm good, Matt. How are you? Uh, I have a stuffed nose, but probably won't kill myself yet. (laughs) Anyway, point being, so we had two things we wanted to talk about on this show. First and foremost, you have a new record coming out called Step and Do. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's right. It's coming out on Magnetic Eye in uh, on November 18th. Uh, I'm glad I can finally make that announcement because for the longest time I couldn't tell the label or the release date. Uh, we released the first single. Basically, I'm, I brought together all the best throat singers from Tuva, Mongolia, Siberia and other parts of the world, as well as the um, do metal luminaries of guitar such as Matt Pike, Aaron Adif of uh, Paradise Lost, Johannes Person of Cult of Luna, Stephen Till from Neurosis, Trace Bruins from Mr. Bungle, Laurie S, Dave Chandler, Anders Smaller, and and so on and so forth. Scott Wino, many great musicians are on this on this album. Yeah, it's definitely cool to see it all come together and see such a unique project. Um, like, so what inspired you to do this initially? I've always had a big passion for throat singing and I grew up listening to metal and gravitated towards uh, slow doom sludge metal. So those are just two things that I very much liked and I never thought of them of thought of them as being together. And then it just one day just hit me. I was like, I should just make a record and put these two things that I love together. So I started 10 years ago on this record. It's been a long, long journey, partly because I'm a music producer and engineer and my life is making other people sound good. So my projects always end up on the back burner. I have three or four on the back burner now as we speak. And so it just took a long time. And then, you know, some of these throat singers live in yurts or nomads or tour a lot. So it's been very hard to get everyone some don't speak english and i have to employ translators it's not been easy to get all of these people to agree to do something and to actually do it and that's why it's taken so long but 
you know what they say, good things come to those who wait. And I've had a great team behind me, Magnetic Eye. It's been fantastic. It's a perfect label for this because, as you know, they have some metal records and some folk records. So this is really a perfect Magnetic Eye record. You've helped me. You're the co-executive producer because you've made some introductions, helped me bring in people like Wino and uh, Lori of Acid King. So, you know, it's been a labor of love from a lot of people involved and it's finally seeing the light. And uh, the box set with the book of 48 pages and the marble colored vinyl and the CD is just going to be off the hook. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about that. Can you break that down? Can you break down what exactly is going into the box set? Because I feel like that's something Magnetic Eye does really well and isn't really talked about enough. So can you explain that a little bit, please? Absolutely, yeah. So there there are several editions. There's a CD digi sleeve. There's a gatefold LP, which is a black LP. There's a gatefold red and black marble LP. There's a yellow, sun yellow transparent gatefold LP. There's an art book CD, which is uh, if you're if you're not into vinyl, that's the CD I would buy because it has this 48 page book, which is just it's pictures that I've selected from Mongolia and from Tuva, from two photographers that I've uh, hired. And they're basically it's basically like a National Geographic book. So it's incredible. And then basically the box set has all of that and more. It has the book, it has the CD, it has the a vinyl, which is marble colored. So not the yellow or the red or the black. It has uh, three mini posters and it has a seven inch uh, with an, uh, a different unreleased version of one of the songs. And all of this is limited to 500 units. So it's really special. And I can't wait for, to see that myself because I haven't seen it yet. Haven't had it in my hands. Yeah. And I feel like that's like that box set in particular is where to me it sort of reaches the next level as a project where it's like the visual component meets the sonic component. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and this music is so visual in a sense. And, you know, the visual brought on by the photographers really gives you an idea of where this music is from. Because, yes, we all know, you know, Sleep High on Fire, Neurosis, all these amazing bands. We're all familiar with them. They're part of our vocabulary. They're part of our Western world. But when you see where and how these other throat singers live, you know, uh, the Mongolians and the Tubans, you really get a sense for the remoteness and for the depth of the content that they provide uh, when they sing about fire or about skies or about birds uh, or about horses. A lot of the lyrics of these people are about those things, about the elements and nature in general. Yeah, and that's because I used to manage Tanger Cavalry. That was kind of my introduction to a lot of throat singing. Yeah. It's like wild to... Like they would be, we would just be talking about whatever. And then they'd like break out a song that was like literally 4,000 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they're, I mean, they're, it's, it's, it's been a, a, an incredible pleasure and a, a, just a learning experience just to be in contact with these people who are so not inclined to uh, do emails or, or, you know, they just, they just live in different worlds. Like I say, some of them are nomads and live in, tense in what they call these yurts that they move around according to the seasons it's it's just like unique and i can't wait to go to mongolia and experience it myself so yeah definitely you should check it out you can look at all these different versions available at stepandoom.bandcamp.com or if you just go to bandcamp and type in stepandoom which by the way is spelled s-t-e-p-p-e-n-d-o-o-m 
uh, you can pre-order all of the versions we talked about, and they're going to ship on November 18th. And you can listen to the first uh, single, which is the one with Matt Pike. Which is insane and powerful. Yeah, maybe you can uh, throw that on in the background at some point. Yes. So all that being said, the other topic we wanted to get into on this podcast is something that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about lately. And it's just the importance of hiring really a top flight mixing engineer and ideally producer. Because, and so I just want to kind of share a little bit of my background on this question, you know, before we get into it, which is sort of, I came up, you know, very much in the punk scene, very much in this mindset of like, you should just do everything yourself, yada, yada, yada. Right. And it actually took me listening. I remember years ago, listening to a podcast with I.L. Levy, our mutual friend. Yeah. Who kind of broke down why you can't do that and why a good mixing engineer takes a band from like an 87 out of 100 to a 96 out of 100. Can you, in your words, Mark, kind of break down why you feel self-mixing is, is frequently a mistake and why bands, even very high level bands, find it worth it to invest in you them? Know, at times tens of thousands of dollars into a good mix it's funny that you're asking me a question to which the answer to me is obvious i mean why wouldn't you want the, your music to sound the best i think it all comes down to how seriously you take your art uh if you're and i want to say i also as like you i come from the do-it-yourself punk hardcore scene that's what i grew up that's where i started actually as a recording and mixing engineer in the 90s in italy so i understand the do-it-yourself the diy uh, culture and i think there is a point in your career where it's good to do things yourself because it's it's a teaching it's a learning uh, curve uh it teaches you a lot but at some point you are going to get to a point where you need to do things better than you can possibly do them yourself. And the important thing is to know when that step comes, when, when, you, when you're on that threshold. When you want to take it to the next step, you need to understand that you are not a mixing engineer or even a recording engineer. You're a musician. If this is what you've spent your life crafting, if this is the art you've spent perfecting, then that's what you're good at. And you have to understand that somebody else who's been doing the recording and the mixing for as long as you've been doing the musician thing is going to do it better than you can possibly do it yourself. So when you understand that, you'll also understand that it's more important to uh, get it done right than it is to save a couple of pennies. Or even if it's not a couple of pennies, even if it's a couple of thousand dollars, it's worth the investment. And it really, to me, it's a testament to how seriously you take yourself as an artist well something i think is interesting is that and this is something we talk about behind the scenes at metal blade right is i think that sometimes like a casual metal fan cannot necessarily tell you why a local band doesn't sound as good as cannibal corpse mm -hmm. you know but something tells them cannibal corpse just sounds better yeah you know even if you just gave them two gory death metal songs one by cannibal corpse one by a local band you know, and he said, which sounds better? They just know, even if they can't tell you why, do you know what I'm saying? And I think that's part of the problem is that, yeah, I feel like you can show a self-mixed thing to a fan and like a casual fan, they'll just think it's good because they don't have the vocabulary. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you can not have the vocabulary to express in words, but you do have ears 
And you do know when something sounds good and when something sounds bad or when something sounds above average. I mean, you know, stupid but perfect example is yesterday you and I went to a concert. We went to see Meshuga and we saw the opening bands. And when I walked in on the opening band, which was Torch, I was impressed by how good it sounded. Oftentimes the opening band don't necessarily sound as spectacular as Meshuga sounded. And so I went up to the front of house mixer to see who was mixing. And, you know, of course it was Dave Clark who mixes uh, Neurosis. So it's like, but before I walked up there, which is usual for me to do, because I know it sounds best at front of house. I was like, this sounds exceptionally good. Why does it sound so good? You know, and, you know, I'm not saying that it couldn't have sounded good with somebody other than Dave Clark, but I'm saying if you have the right person for the job, it's going to sound better than it can ever sound if you, you know, let it do, let the house guy mix, mix your band, you know? So it's, it's important for everything, whether it's concerts, records, albums, singles, you should always have somebody you trust making sure that you sound as good as you can, because whatever the audience hears, whether it's an audience concert or the, or an at home streaming, whatever, con uh, whatever album audience, they're going to perceive you through the ears and the expertise of your mixing engineer. Absolutely. And I think another piece I just want to touch on real fast that I think is kind of funny, but is important to talk about. I would say, would you agree with me that it's better? Like, let's say, you know, you don't have the budget to afford a higher level guy like yourself. Would you agree that it's better to have like just your friend who's also in a band mix you than mix it yourself? Just because, you know, you and I have both heard records where like the guitarist mixed it and the guitarist then subconsciously disproportionately loud yeah i mean i know where you're going with this I, I do i do agree it's not so much because it's the guitarist mixing it or the drummer is mixing it i think it's because having a, an outside set of ears is always a good idea because it gives you uh, a, a kind of perspective that you can possibly never have from within uh so seeing things from the outside having them having somebody new to the project hear them with fresh ears will give you a different look on things it's the same reason why even though i'm a proficient uh mixing engineer and i do uh, some mastering as well i still for step and doom chose to uh have maur applebaum master the record because having that fresh set of ears is important i could have done it myself i have the tools i have the knowledge but maur has a fresh set of years and an experience that goes far beyond what my experience as a mastering engineer can ever go. And it's good to have somebody else's, uh, you know, eyes on it, ears on it, hands on it. Absolutely. And I think that's, uh, I think that's really the piece that people don't grasp. I think a lot of times people kind of feel like they have this larger overall vision and they need to execute it perfectly. When in reality, you kind of need other input on that vision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where a producer comes in. A producer is a, you know, is a, you mentioned producers at the beginning. It's a different thing than having another mixing engineer. That's even a step further. And I think I, like, like with everything in your career as a musician, at some point there is a, a right place and a right time. Yeah, absolutely. When do you think is the right place and right time to kind of bring in a producer? That's a very good question. That, that depends on what you on how you see yourself and what where you want to get and most importantly depends on whether you're ready to let go of a degree yeah. of control in order to get to another point another step another you know 
uh, another evolution. Uh, because the the biggest problem with hiring a producer is that you you have to understand that by doing so, you're opening yourself to a slew of opportunities that you didn't have, but you also have to accept that you're letting go to a degree of control. So it's a producer not is not for you know for the control freaks for the for the people that want to have control of everything and can't accept seeing it any other way. But if you're ex if you're open to seeing it some other way, then then a producer is a great thing to have. And it's it just gives you that extra member of the band. I mean, you know, think about the Beatles. Where would the Beatles have been without George Martin? There would have, they would certainly have sounded differently. And, you know, everyone refers us to, to him as the fifth Beatle. Uh, and there's a reason for that. Absolutely. And yeah, and I do agree that the idea of letting go and the idea of letting go is really scary, especially if you're like a somewhat successful artist, you, you know, you're like, fuck, I don't want to fuck with the formula. Yeah, I mean, there are certain people like, you know, like Porcupine Tree, who I don't know personally, but uh, he's very much in control. He's very good at, at he's one of the, you know, he's an exception of people that do everything and do it, do it well. But, you know, those kind of people, nah, I don't, I, I'm speaking without, uh, I haven't actually checked whether they work with a producer or not, but I'm pretty sure he produces everything because he's so in control of everything and he doesn't accept letting go of that control. And there are people like that in the industry because they just have a very specific uh, vision and it's okay. It, the producer is not for everyone. That's what I'm saying. I mean, think about some of the most unique records that have been made have been made because there was a producer involved. I mean, think about the Rick Rubin productions. Aerosmith and Run DMC would have never happened without Rick Rubin. Or an acoustic record uh, of covers like Johnny Cash would have never happened without Rick Rubin. That's the vision of a producer that can take things to a level that you as a band would have not thought of going to. Absolutely. And I think that and that's kind of always my argument, you know, is like... Because I definitely will like make, you know, my Bacon Spits video content um, about why you need a, a mixing engineer or whatever. And there's always some smart ass in the comments who's like, oh, you can just do it yourself. But like, there's a reason that all the biggest bands hire these people. <laughs> and it's not because they're lazy or because they're stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's not for everyone. If you just want to do it yourself, do it yourself. But it's a team effort. And understand it's not a competition so I'm, I'm saying this politely but understand that if you're a team of four say a member a band i've because they have a producer they're probably they have one extra person to get there so you know i'm not saying that it's a race between bands but i'm saying it's like adding a member to your team which gives you a whole other set of strengths that you didn't have before yeah basically as we head towards the end do you have any final words of wisdom with regards to Step and Doom or mixing and production or anything else? Well, Step and Doom is out on November 18th. I encourage everyone to uh, check out the single on Bandcamp, ideally to buy the box set. But if you don't want to spend that much money, I would say get whatever format that works for you. But the book really has a special place in my heart. And uh, as for producing and engineering, this is my life. I've done it for 30 years. A project like Step and Doom happens because somebody like me, a producer, has a vision to create something that didn't exist before. So if you are at a point in your musical journey where you are ready to have a vision that 
can't exist or possibly couldn't exist without an outside outside help, then that is the time when you might possibly be ready to work with a producer. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming out. Thank you for having me, Matt. It was great. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans... We set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on the corner of Gray Street.